What's the story folks? My name is James Dillon or JD as a lot of people like to call me and welcome to this episode of Flawed Tigers where we are here to let your mind roar by showing you that you can change your life by changing your thoughts. In this episode we are going to meet Aaron Fitzsimmons, almost Dr. Fitzsimmons, who is going to show you how to find your purpose by finding your gales. Aaron, who lives in Philadelphia, is currently studying clinical psychology and is working at Vanguard, one of the biggest investment management companies in the world, with over $5.3 trillion worth of assets under management. That is a lot of money. At Vanguard, Aaron is helping leaders across the company find their gales and find their full potential. As Aaron describes, gales is an acronym for gremlins, assumptions, interpretations, and limiting beliefs. Most of us don't even know what these gales are, yet they have a massive, massive impact on our lives and on our happiness. Erin is going to show you how to find yours, find your happiness, and fulfill your full potential. So without further ado, let's go meet Erin. Erin Fitzsimmons, welcome to the show. Thanks, thanks. <laughs> you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, yeah. So in town uh, this weekend, live in Philly, and currently getting my doctorate in clinical psychology and business. Um, and I'm, so I'm a doctoral intern at Vanguard, which is an investment company around Philly, and I'm doing executive coaching there. Brilliant. So you're almost a doctor. Almost. One year. One year. Wow, you're almost there. So Vanguard is investment banking, one of the biggest in the world, Mm -hmm. I think. And your role there is to, you're an executive coach. Yes, yes. So I, I do assessments and coaching with some of their high potential leaders. So, um, leaders who have been identified as potentially holding very senior uh, senior ranks there. So a lot of the leaders I'm working with are either first-time leaders or mid-level leaders. So potential big shots. Yes, yes. <laughs> They've done well for themselves so So you're so the far. mother nursing the big shot hens, basically. Yes, yes. <laughs> so what's kind of age bracket of these people? All ages? Um, I work with people, you know, some people who have come straight out of college who may have been there for like five or six years at this point. So some of them may be around my age, like uh, upper 20s, all the way to, I would say, like lower 40s. I would say that's the okay, age range. That's yeah, yeah. So investment banking for me is pretty cool. I think Jordan <laughs> Belfort, yeah, like badass. Yeah. But one thing I'm sure is super common with it is stress. Yeah. Yeah. How do you find your clients are dealing with stress? Not well. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's such a stressful environment. It's not just stressful because of the industry that they're in. That adds a whole other layer of stress. But also very, very stressful because they're trying, they're in this stage in their career where they're really trying to prove themselves um, so that they can move up the ranks. And so they're overworking themselves, forgetting to take care of themselves. And, um, you know, their, their mental health suffers, their physical health, emotional health. I mean, 
it's just a really tough time in their career, also in the industry that they're in. Do you think they're allowed to talk about those struggles outside of their time with you, or is there still a stigma with it? I would say there's still a stigma with it. Um, I talk about with a lot of the people I meet with, like what's the right balance of you know sharing struggles that you're going through while also being professional. You have to strike this really tough balance of being an authentic leader while also being a professional leader. Um, so a lot of people have are do struggle with that. Because like gives me the impression it would be quite a macho obviously you get females there as well but like a kind of macho culture if you're investment banking mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and as a leader you have to you have to portray that as well um, that i've got everything under control i'm in charge you don't want to worry the people who are reporting to you either um by maybe talking about you know things like mental health Mm -hmm. um, and self-care you have to have everything together so what are some practical day-to-day -day things you advise your do you call them clients or patients or clients clients yeah. well what are so obviously every day would be a struggle stress-wise i imagine in that field mm -hmm. yeah uh, we talk a lot about boundaries and how to set boundaries for yourself and recognize when no, you can't get pulled into a meeting because you had this hour blocked to take a walk or um, a lot of people have to set boundaries about how much they work outside of the office, like at home, like this work-life balance I talk about a lot with people, um, people who's, uh, who really value exercise, but that's fallen off. We talk about setting boundaries in that um, really carving that time out for yourself and holding yourself accountable that no going to the gym makes me feel healthier happier I have to do it no matter what kind of like shitty day I've had that's the hard part though isn't it so you mm -hmm. have this super shitty day and you're like I should be going to the gym and being productive and he said oh, no I'm going back I'm gonna be a fat mess <laughs> eat Ben and Jerry's yeah yeah I mean it is a struggle um a lot of people that I'm working with say like, no, I, I, I have to forego the gym because I have to get this, you know, all these emails answered. So that's the, hey Zoe, <laughs> that's the boundary that people have to set who have really these like, you know, powerful demanding jobs is, um, you know, to, to turn off for a little while instead of always being, on like I would love it if some of my clients would just veg out with Ben and Jerry's that would be great because <laughs> that I'd imagine do you get company phones Vanguard or would these people probably would be yes yeah yes hey, it's so hard to turn off ever <laughs> yeah yeah I mean talked about like leaving your laptop at work um, mm. only working eight-hour days and during like a busy time maybe that's when you work ten hours but uh, it has to be a better balance because for you to be a good leader, you have to be healthy. Um, and leaders getting burnt out is one of the biggest derailers of leadership. Um, so like burnout is something that we talk about a lot. So how do you advise people? So I'm sure people come to you and they're either 
burning out or on the verge of burning out mm-hmm. do you give them similar advice to the boundaries or is there something else because I'm sure a lot of people any we all feel burnout I think at times well it's it comes down to prioritizing yourself that's what the boundaries you know lead to but, but really it just boils down to prioritizing your own health um, you know mentally physically and emotionally not just financially um, and like career oriented do you think mental health is getting the attention it deserves because if we look at your nice apple watch that's monitoring your heart rate Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. your fitness so fitness is going obviously gets huge attention diets getting more attention Mm -hmm. do you think mental health gets the attention it deserves it doesn't get the it doesn't get the attention it deserves in America I don't think yet I think it's moving that way, um, but so Vanguard is a global company. There are offices um, all over, and I met with the um, so a counterpart of mine of my team who works in Australia, and they've started implementing mental health days, so not just right. sick days. Um, so they're, I think, leaps and bounds ahead of us right now. Um, to be able to say, no, I actually need a mental health day rather than like, oh, I have a cold. Um, I, I think that that is potentially where we're heading, but we're not even close to it yet. I don't imagine the abuse you would get here if you said you were taking a mental health day in America. Like, yeah. there's no way. Like, you could theoretically be fired on the spot, I Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, it's such a like, go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. Everything's fine. When people ask you, oh, how's your day? It's good. (laughs) And I've actually started to, I've stopped saying that. I hate that word. Um, It's fun. Yeah, it's good. It's fine. I'm great. Like, if I'm not those words, I have really pushed myself to not say that anymore. Because it just perpetuates this feeling that, or this, you know, stigma around mental health that, like, everybody needs to be okay all the time. And everyone definitely is not okay all the time. I mean, I don't think I'm so. I'm <laughs> definitely not. Well, there are days where everyone's not okay. But that's the thing. We're never taught that. We're never taught it's okay to feel sad or lonely mm-hmm. or anxious or depressed. Yeah. So when these feelings come along, like nobody has a game plan. Lucky for the Vanguard people, they have you mm. to kind of walk them through it. Yeah. But. It's hard, isn't it? If, it is. If you're told to fight this demon that most people acknowledge doesn't even exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I work with so many people who are just so emotionally unself-aware and that actually affects their leadership more than they even know. Um, because being able to identify I'm feeling anxious or depressed or angry um, things that you shouldn't feel, right? Um, it It's really tough for them to empathize with others that they're leading who may be feeling that way. Um, so that's one thing that I work with a lot of people on is like identifying your emotions, you know, stop bottling them up, pushing them down, ignoring them, um, because that's when our emotions can become actually detrimental um because you they they blow up right and we uh and that's when things like burnout or um 
you know, taking, taking your anger out on other people, that kind of stuff happens. So that emotional self-awareness, you mentioned me earlier, Gales, mm. such a cool term. I love that term. Yeah. Yeah. But deep means, so we have gremlins, assumptions, interpretations, limiting beliefs. Yeah. yeah. Gales. That's it. Yeah. So, so that exercise, I actually do, uh, or have people complete more so, not so much on like emotional self-awareness, but I work with a lot of people who struggle with self-esteem and being assertive, um, because they're either first time leaders, mid-level leaders, they, you know, have been identified as being, you know, a, a strong leader. Um, so they're usually sitting in meetings with people much more senior to them. Um, and a lot of these more young or mid career level people have a hard time asserting themselves in a meeting or speaking up for themselves or even believing that they belong there. Um, a lot of people I meet with say they struggle with this, uh, term called imposter syndrome, feeling like, uh, like someone's going to come up to them and be like, you actually have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> you need to leave and pack your stuff. Oh, That's an actual quote from a client. Um, and the, this girl that I was meeting with said she feels like that sometimes at her desk. Um, that, that someone's like, going to come up and say that to her? Mm-hmm. That she like actually is an imposter. Um, wow. So she obviously pretty bad self-worth. That's right. Yeah. And I, I actually... I would say 80% of the people, both male and female, that I work with struggle with um, low self-esteem and belief in their own abilities. So that's where I started doing research about what exercises can people do to, um, to battle this, and that's where the gales came in. Where do you think most people would like that lady with that imposter syndrome? Where do, we, where do you think we get those... What would you call it? Self-limiting belief? What would be mm -hmm. the term for it? Something, whatever. Yeah, negative self-talk, limiting yeah. beliefs. I mean, I, I think that we, I think it comes down to like these gales, um, which basically are scenarios, beliefs, um, ideas that we have created um, in our own head that stop us from reaching our full potential um it, it it comes i guess it's different for everyone where like those experiences come from that make you feel like you're not good enough so one okay the first g mm. gremlins yeah yeah so <laughs> the gremlins so that is just that uh and i'll back it up for a second and say that the exercise which everyone i think uh everyone should do this exercise is to identify what your what your gales are um, and I have everyone that I work with write them down because getting things out on paper um, I think is really helpful so anyway starting with the G um, these gremlins are it's that little voice in your head that pops in uh, you're about to try something new and it's that negative self-talk that says you're probably not going to be good at it you're going to fall on your face. You're crap. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be a loser. <laughs> yeah. Um, exactly. Don't, don't try rollerblading. You're going to, you can't rollerblade. It's that like little voice in our head. Uh, everyone has it. 
that comes in and tells us that we can't do it, whatever we want to do. How do you fight your gremlin? Just by recognizing it, maybe? I, yeah, I think that the first step is by identifying, identifying it, uh, recognizing it, and for all of these, for all of the gales, it starts with identifying it, and then it starts by debunking it and figuring out why it's not true. Um, so asking yourself a question of, is this based in fact, or is this something I made up in my head? Um, trying to figure out, or trying to basically disprove our, our assumptions about ourselves that are stopping us from, from doing, trying, being our best. Do you think positive affirmations would be a good way to fight against that? Yes. Yes. So thinking about, uh, so positive affirmations would be if I go, I'm amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm brilliant. I'm the best. Yeah. I'm gorgeous. I even feel good saying that. Like maybe not yeah. all of us is true, but yeah, you should but, say it every day. 10 of them. Mm -hmm. Um, that's actually an exercise that I have people do at the end of their day is to write down 10 positive affirmations. Um, has to be about that day though. Like 10 good things I did that day. Yep. I like that. Yeah. So, uh, and, and those help disprove our gales too, because it's like the rollerblading example. Oh, I'll fall. I'm not good at rollerblading. How do I disprove that? Well, you have to come up with at least five things that is, you know, would say, oh, I could be good at rollerblading. I'm mm -hmm. athletic. I have strong ankles, whatever it is, whatever that looks like for you. But, um, so that's how we disprove them or by those positive affirmations. So it's that kind of whole, which dog do you feed? Mm -hmm. Are you going to feed the negative self-talk or are you going to feed the positive? That's right. And it really does take an effort. Yeah. Like a conscious effort, like you said. Yeah. And the reason it takes an effort is because this has become so ingrained in us. Uh, to be negative about ourselves and to hold ourselves back because whether we don't want to embarrass, we're scared of getting embarrassed or someone laughing at us or failing, um, we hold ourselves back and that's become ingrained in us. So feed the positive dog. Yeah. Don't feed the grandma. That's right. Yeah. Feed the beautiful happy Labrador. <laughs> yeah. And that's not saying that our gremlins are ever going to disappear either. I, I, do they ever totally disappear? I don't think so. You're um, always going to have that devil on your shoulder. Yeah. So recognize it, say, okay, but that's not true because I'm going to choose to, as you mentioned, feed this positive, uh, positive dog. Um, <laughs> and, and hopefully make if we start paying attention to that positive dog instead of our gremlins, then I think our positive, positive side could start talking louder than our gremlins do in our head. I like that. And next is assumptions. Yes. Is that right? Correct. Mm -hmm. So assumptions are a little bit more specific. They are where you think about when you failed in the past and you don't let that go. So I, I have, I screwed up that interview last week. So I'm going to screw up this one today. 
that's that's an assumption and we think about things that already happened all right miss that part i'm gonna screw up this one yep i'd say that's why is it so hard for people to let go of our mistakes because i think that we're really bad at forgiving ourselves um and if our self-worth is fragile um, negative hits are going to be a much harder blow to our self-worth and our self-esteem so we we seem to only remember times we failed instead of remembering the interview that we did really well in two years ago we seem to forget those and only think about where we did bad and that's because we feed our negative self-talk much more often than we do our positive self-talk is that i think there's a term for is there a term for that where you feed the negativity bias something mm, along yeah those yeah lines? yeah we're more biased to be negative for sure and then you were saying basically if we're gonna always look towards those mistakes our like emotional immune system is just gonna be so much weaker mm-hmm. even initially like if i feel like i'm thinking about say i'm playing a game of rugby and i miss this kick and that tackle and the next kick then when the penultimate kick comes my chance of making that are gonna be basically shot mm-hmm. similar to people if i'm always remembering mistakes i'm gonna make when i do get faced with that next challenge that emotional immune system is just gonna fall over like a breeze. Of course, yeah. If, if we don't believe we can do something, our chances of actually doing it are little to none. Um, I, I really, really believe that what we tell ourselves, um, being positive about our abilities, actually enhances our abilities more than we know what we say so what i am instead of what i have done for good or bad yeah yeah exactly um yeah and just and and believing in your own capabilities yeah how do you believe in yourself <laughs> it's a bit of a broad but no but it's it's, a, it's yeah. hard because nobody talks about this yeah it's hard it's way hard i don't know why it's so hard to just believe in yourself mm-hmm. you can have people believe in you i think a lot easier but when you actually have to light that fire in yourself why mm-hmm. is it so hard <laughs> i mean it boils back down to, to what we've been talking about it's because we are focusing on for some reason, it's easier to think about all of our negative qualities, all of our failures, than it is to think about our successes. So people don't believe in themselves because they don't remember the things or believe the people talking to them. And you know how you mentioned people can believe in you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't listen to them. Someone says, oh, James, your hair looks great today. Uh, We can either choose to believe them or we can choose to to say, like, oh, I didn't do anything to it this morning. 
you know, and like brush that off. So it's a lot harder for us to actually be kind to ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And say if one person says to me, my hair looks goofy today, that's all it, and 10 people can tell me it looks nice, that's all I'm gonna remember. Yeah, of course, yeah. So the next, what's the next scale? Limiting interpretations. Interpretations. So how would you explain interpretations? Yeah, so interpretations are more, um, they're the like views or opinions that you have on how something's going to go um, with no past evidence. So interpretation even takes an assumption a step further. You have no past evidence to say that things aren't going to work out. Um, you just automatically uh, interpret an event went poorly because um, you weren't prepared. Like, it's basically saying that when you think about how something is going to go, you automatically think it's going to go bad without any past evidence. I actually think that interpretations could be some of the easiest for us to break down because there's no real fact supporting them. Um, so if you've never cooked before, uh, ever, you have no evidence to say that you're going to be a bad cook or a good cook. Um, you're just going, an interpretation would be, um, oh, well, guys just aren't good at cooking. There's no fact to base that around. It's just a, how you interpret something that you're about to try. Where do you develop that interpretation? Like say if I was going the cooking example, my interpretation would be, I'm going to be a terrible cook because I'm a dude and I don't know anything. Yep. Where do I develop that interpretation? Yeah, so I think a lot of interpretations sometimes are based around like traditional like gender norms that we've been taught, you know, who knows where, like childhood, social media, or just, um, just those traditional like gender norms. So an interpretation I have to deal with a lot um, with some of my female clients is it's just really hard to get ahead as a woman um, in the investment world. So that's an interpretation because they really don't see, they have no fact to, to base that on. Do you think they're giving themselves their own glass ceiling in a way by believing that? Yes, I do. Yeah. And how do you tell them to deal with it? Mm. By... I always say like seeking out a strong mentor um, for females, like especially seeking out another strong female mentor who has made it, is a lot more senior than them, um, to just validate, to validate their experiences. That could be one thing to do. Um, again, it goes back to a lot of the same exercises we have been talking about with um, you know, more positive affirmations, um, and, and really like sell, taking more time to celebrate how far they've come and, and why they are in the position that they're in. Um, they didn't just get there by chance. They possess qualities and skills and knowledge, um, that have 
really promoted them into to even be meeting with me really um they've been identified as having a lot of potential so why don't they believe it that's where we have to boil down you don't think they believe in themselves not at all no sometimes sometimes i've had people say uh i really don't even understand why i got chosen for this wow yeah and these are some of like the best potential women mm-hmm. in the company mm-hmm. and you think they've placed this ceiling on themselves because they just feel this culture around them mm-hmm. this imposter syndrome too like they don't believe in their own beliefs that um, that they deserve to be where they're at sad isn't it it's very sad it actually sometimes takes a toll on me and what do you think it takes to push them through that barrier uh i just infuse constant validation in them um that i force them to almost uh name their resume you know, to me and tell me why they deserve being there. Um, talking it out loud, they may not believe it, but the more you tell yourself, I belong to be here, I bring value um, in the role that I'm in, uh, the more you start to believe it. There's huge, it sounded like voodoo to me, those positive affirmations thing, but then when I started doing it regularly, instead of being like, oh, you're a fat piece of crap, you're this, you're that. <laughs> When I say going like, you're amazing, you're brilliant, you start feeling it, you can feel your posture gets better, everything mm-hmm. starts, the wheel starts spinning the other way, but when I'm a guy and any women, would, like your clients as well, you would immediately think, nah, that's a bit of huffy puffy crap, so they'll instead so keep feeding that negative dog, whereas... Mm-hmm. if you, t- I feel like if you t- get past that initial stigma that might be holding you back and you just start getting that positivity going it really does make a huge difference but then that comes back to your self-worth doesn't it Mm -hmm. so next up we have limiting beliefs yes yes last but not least um so these are sort of as the name suggests beliefs that um that we create about ourselves um, that limit us or stop us from from reaching that potential that we were talking about. Um, And and all of these are just blocks um, that we place on ourselves. So a limiting belief is, can be similar to the interpretations that we were talking about before. So thinking about like, oh, I'm, I'm too old to run a marathon, or um, I'm not smart enough to get into that school, or I don't have what it takes to be the president, whatever those beliefs that we place on ourselves are. Um, And again, identifying these thoughts that we have about ourselves, and breaking them down by figuring out 
where do they come from? Are they factual? Um, what would it, what would life look like if that belief didn't cross my mind every day? Um, what potential do I have to break that down? Where do you think it comes from? Like say, I say I want to go to Ole Miss for study medicine, mm-hmm. but I think in my head, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough to get into Ole Miss. Where do you think that limiting belief stems from for a lot of people? Um, I think it could either stem from comparing ourselves to other people. So comparing yourself to someone you do know who studied medicine and you're like, I'm not as smart as him. Um, or it could come from past experiences. Like, did you ever feel like you weren't smart enough when you were in school? Um, or not good at science, you know, what, there are probably limiting beliefs that add up to that limiting belief, right? So I can't study medicine because I was no good at science in high school or, you know, I, whatever that is, you know? And so figuring out what chain of beliefs have led to this belief about myself that I can't apply and just go for it. And how do you dismantle? So say, yeah, I'm not smart enough to get into university. How do you dismantle that belief? I mean, I think that you dismantle it by going for it and by, um, by not sitting around and thinking over and over about all the reasons why you can't and start thinking about reasons why you can. And yeah, there are actual, um, what we would call like outer blocks that may, that may be out of our control, right? So you have to take the GMAT to get into medical school. If you fail that, what was the reasoning? Why do you take it again? Like figuring out what limiting beliefs are factual and what aren't. Um, And if it's not based in fact, if you've never taken the GMAT, if you have never applied and not gotten in, um, then there's no reason to stop yourself from trying now. So push yourself to find why you can. Why you can, yeah. Why do you think we're so geared towards why you can't? It's always like, you can't do this, you can't do that, blah, 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 blah. Do you think that's society? I think so, yeah. A lot of, like, a lot of limitations put on ourselves. Um, It kind of goes also to, like, stereotypes, right? Like, oh, you can't play football because you don't look like a football player. Or Um, the women, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah, right. So a lot of stereotypes have held us back. And you, you have to figure out how to break the mold. That's scary though, isn't it? Breaking a stereotype is not easy. Well, breaking a stereotype isn't easy, but not letting yourself fall victim to the stereotype is easier. Um, So if you don't place a stereotype on yourself to begin with, you don't have to be associated with it. You're not going to change everyone else's mind about, uh, you know, that you have to look this way to play football but you can change your own mind about it 
that's all we have control over is what we believe so stereotype held by society we're not going to break that down anytime soon and you think that's still strong today that sexist stereotype in the workplace it's definitely dismantling um but it is still there yeah how do you think you go about dismantling it brick by brick i mean yeah baby steps well it starts with uh it starts with females not uh not falling victim to that stereotype not holding themselves back and pushing themselves to not embody or believe the stereotypes that are placed on them and men too I like it yeah <laughs> so if people want to do this Gales exercise you go through each of those categories G-A-I-L-S mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you can and I can you can post that document I sent mm-hmm. um, you can post a link to it and work your way through it mm-hmm. and then what do you do when what's the next step when you identify say your gremlins your limiting beliefs yeah, yada, yeah. Yada. um so first step is definitely identifying them um and once you identify what they are you will be more self-aware of when they creep into your mind um and try out any of the exercises we uh, other exercises we've talked about here today too whether it's the positive affirmations um that fact that fact checker figuring out is this based in a fact or is this something i made up in my head why did i make that up um and just going for it right going for whatever you're being held back from like start moving towards your full potential um by by dismantling what's stopping you so I have one question I'd like to ask everyone mm. I've had on the show so far. Okay. So it is, if you could write one message on the bathroom mirror of everybody listening, watching, whatever. Yeah. They see it every morning when they wake up. They see it every night before they go to bed. What would it be? Mm. Oh, there's a couple of them. <laughs> do a few. I feel like I would want to write something like believe in yourself or you're amazing uh, or like uh, you're important, something like that. You're amazing, you're important. Mm-hmm. You're gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, yeah, I would do that. Mm-hmm. I think everyone needs to hear those things every day. Feed the positive dog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. Thank you, Erin. Yeah, thank you for having me. My pleasure. Yeah. We're going to fight those gremlins. Yeah, <laughs> one gremlin at a time. One. Gr- there we go. We can write that in the mirror. <laughs> Maybe yeah. don't put that in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. But one gremlin at a time. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. No problem. All right. Good job. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share the love and rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you guys so much for watching and take it easy. Peace.